to my house. Habaragani means what's happening, what's the news, and you know what it is. Umoja, unity is the first principle of Kwanzaa, because when we are aligned, when we are clear on who we are and whose we are, we are unstoppable. This is a gathering that's about us, that's about our community. The very first thing that we do is we ask our elders for permission. So we'll just take a minute, drop in the chat, dear elders, our esteemed folk, to let us know that we are going with your permission and your blessing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then the other thing that we do is we always remember to recall and call in our ancestors. 
that ancestral energy that holds us. So who are the folks that you'd like to bring into this space who inspire you? They don't have to be famous or they can be famous. Drop them in the chat and, and call their names to yourself. I'm calling my grandmother, Carmen Rodriguez, and my paternal grandmother, Aileen Kelly, and my father, Donald Sherlton Kelly, Damu Smith, and many of the folks that I'm holding, Alandria Williams, um, Cecil Corbin Mark, folks that are ancestors now who are my comrades, and I'm sure you have them, so I'll give you a minute to drop them in the chat. Thank you. And as we get started, we're going to hear from some other members of our beloved heart and soul community to share what Kwanzaa and the Nguza Saba or seven principles of Kwanzaa means to them. Let's listen. Hello, family. My name is Amelia Blake. I'm discussing the first principle of Kwanzaa, Umoja. Umoja means unity or oneness. The way that I activate this principle in my life is through the practice of meditation. Through meditation, it's a reminder of our connection with the one, with the divine source that exists within each and every one of us. Through that practice, through that art of stillness and reminder, I often find that it's easier to then create unity within the family within our community and within the greater world. My wish for everyone would be to know this divine unity of the trueness of their connection to source, the one that unifies us all. Happy Kwanzaa. My name is Felicia Williams Cozy. Habari Ghani, Kujichagulia, means self-determination. To name ourselves, define ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. When I first learned of this principle of Kwanzaa, I was actually quite astonished at the thought that I could be the one to define and determine who I am in the world. After so many years of being told by others who I could be, who I should be, what my limitations were, to have a thought that I could be the one to not only speak up for myself, but to really decide who I am here to be and how I want to express myself in the world. This principle, along with my engagement of spirit, has led me to look inward for the answers that I used to look out into the world for and to stand for myself, as myself, in a way that I never had before. It's a lifelong journey, not a single destination, but this principle of self-determination engages me in a way that allows for greater creativity, greater expansion in spirit, and greater living into my unique purpose. Kujichagulia, self-determination. Abadigani, Ujima, the third principle of Kwanzaa. On the third day, you light the green candle. Ujima means collective work and responsibility. 
My name is Kiki, and I embody this principle year-round because I work collectively in my community, which includes heart and soul, and my family. Collective work and responsibility. Ujima. Harambe, Harambe, Harambe. Hi, I'm Angela Fisher, and my Kwanzaa principle is Ujima'a, Cooperative Economics. I live this principle by making it a point to support local businesses, and I'm part of a collective group of people that makes it also a point to support Black-owned businesses in our community. Thank you. Greetings, family. My name is Valerie Joy Fidmont, and the Kwanzaa principle that I have the honor of sharing today is Nia, Purpose to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to our traditional greatness. I do my best to practice this principle in my daily living because I believe that it is imperative for our evolution as a people and for our planet. The building and developing of our community can't happen unless we work together and I will endeavor to do my part for the rest of my life. Abaragani, my name is Sheila Smith and I am the co-lead of the Prayer and Care Village here at Heart and Soul Center of Light. The sixth principle of Kwanzaa is Kuumba, creativity, to do as much as we can in any way that we can to leave our community more beautiful and more beneficial than we have inherited it. The way in which this principle lives within me is through my unwavering commitment to use my talent and to use my voice to educate, enlighten, empower, and transform my community. Thank you so much. Peace and blessings, heart and soul family. This is Ambessa, and I am the co-lead for the Paul's Teen Ministry here at Heart and Soul. The Kwanzaa principle I'm speaking upon is the final one, Imani, which means faith. If you can believe it, you will achieve it. Faith is not the on only the evidence of things unseen, but faith is the engine to help us power through everything that gets in our way or that's part of us achieving our goals. If you can faith it, you can make it. As such, faith is present in my life every day in that still small voice that I constantly hear that tells me, go left, speak to that person, you know, go take a drive. And my relationship with my faith has only helped me rise higher and higher and higher. Faith is what you make it. So let's make the faith real, y'all, because the outcome will be real. Love y'all. Peace. We light the candle starting with Umoja, unity, the black candle that symbolizes us, the people. And we go from red to green, Kujichagalia. Ujima. Ujima. Nia.
Kumba. Imani. So here we are. We have our candles lit. We're here all together because we are celebrating the entire Kwanzaa this Sunday um, as we come together because it will be done when by the time we come together next Sunday. So there's a few things. I know there's a lot of experts out here in our community who know all about Kwanzaa. But for some of you who may be a little bit new, just very quickly, um, Kwanzaa is a holiday that was designed and created by Dr. Maulana Karenga, and it was based on um, harvest festivals and harvest commemorations from the continent. But the harvest is us. What we're reaping is our liberation and our stronger discipline and our focus. So a lot of the symbols are focused on that. So we have Mazal, these words are Swahili words because that's a language that many Africans speak in addition to their land-based languages. So we have Mazal, which is the harvest, the, representing the crops. So we have you know fruit and vegetables and beans, we also have flowers. You have the Kanara, which holds the candles, which is the Mushuma Saba, or seven candles that represent each of the principles and always black at the center because this really is about celebrating and, and focusing on building um, black liberation. And, that, and we're hoping everybody can support that because, you know, it takes all of us to be free. So this is really about um, a focus, but also about our shared humanity. The red candles represent struggle and history. The green candles represent future and dreaming. And so the principles are organized in that way. And we go from black to red to green to red to green to red to green to red. And you've heard the principles. The basis of everything that everything sets on is the Mkeko, or mat, and it's important because it's woven together. So we weave the, the, our energies, we're connected, it represents that interconnection. And these dried corn ears, Mohindi, represent our children, our future. And um, every Kwanzaa altar, whether you have children in the household or not, has that. And then we have our unity cup, Kikombe, Cha Moja. And then what many folks have on their altar, and I'm one of those people, we have books that represent the, the important genius and thinking that our people have generated that inspire us. So that is right there. And then we also have the bandera or flag. And the flag, like the candles, represent the people, the struggle, or our past, our history, and what we can learn from it, and our future. And I know part of us and how we hold Kwanzaa as our community in heart and soul is we're holding that mental equivalent of the highest good of human liberation and that we step into Kwanzaa holding these principles as the mental equivalent of our own excellence. So here we are. Everything's lit. We're ready. We've talked about the principles and what they mean to us. And now we're ready to think about the toast. And I know that um, 
Many of you may have some water or something we can't, especially with COVID, pass it around. We're not passing around the cup as we might do in other Kwanzaas. But this is an opportunity for us to, to share and to be together and to hold these principles in our heart and to seal it with what's called the libation statement. And so I'm going to share one. And, um, and if you have any water or anything handy to share, we'll do this together. And then we do what used to be my children's favorite part, and that's the Harambe's. So here's the statement. Strive for discipline, dedication, and achievement in all you do. Dare to struggle and sacrifice and gain the strength that comes from this. And I know for us, we would think of this as daring to imagine beyond struggle and seeing the mental equivalent of our liberation so that we can achieve it. Build where you are. Dare to leave a legacy that will last as long as the sun shines and the water flows. We'll hold the principles in our hearts. And may the wisdom of the ancestors always walk with us. May the years end meet us laughing and stronger. May our children honor us by following our example in love and movement. And at the end of next year, may we sit again together in larger numbers with greater achievement and closer to liberation. And, and we say in liberation because we think big at heart and soul in a higher level of human life. Ashe. And then we do our harambe. So y'all know how we do it. We put our hands up in the air. We pull down the sky right close to us because we are stars. And we do that seven times and we're going to say harambe seven times. You ready? So you got your hands up. You ready? I know you're ready, heart and soul. Let's go. Harambe. 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 Harambe, Harambe. Thank you, heart and soul. Happy Kwanzaa. Blessings to each and every one of you. My name is Unity. I am one with the oneness, and the oneness is one with me. I am a harmonic progression, perfectly tuned for our destiny. Indivisible, whole, perfect, and complete. Yes, I am unity. That's me. I am quite naturally nature in all its majestic majesty. I am the physical, material world the entire university. I am a constellation of brilliant stars and galaxies, the sacred, mystical, magical marriage between sky and sea. You got that right. I am unity, that's me. I am the art and the artist and the artist in the art. I am love, self-expression, creativity, flowing straight from the heart. I am the beat, the rhythm, the harmony. I am in the lyrics, stand 
Don't you know you are free? Well, at least in your mind, if you want to be. You guessed it. That's me. I'm Unity. I am the most civil in all the civil rights and the right for all humans to be free, to live totally unencumbered and boldly, unapologetically, to know they are inextricably woven into the fabric of our shared humanity. Hey, I thought you knew. That's unity. That's me. I am the I am, and I am the you, and you are. There is no separation between a human being and a star. One life, one love, one heart, and one mind. We can overcome darkness by allowing our inner light to shine. Take an oath right now to be forever free of fear, ignorance, hate, and cruelty. To choose oneness and lift up the vision of peace and harmony in your family, neighborhood, and the entire world community. Remember me, say my name, Unity. Unity, I am because we are. I am because we are. I am your reflection, the principle of unity made manifest. In my most human moments, when I make mistakes and appear to get it all wrong, unity becomes forgiveness and compassion. It tells me to find lessons in everything and reminds me that unity is a practice that begins with intention. Unity is a question. Who do I have to be for you to be free? And it is the answer. I am because we are. I am a witness to your humanity and knowing that we are here together in this very moment to be free. Unity is more than the standard dictionary definition, more than words on a page. It is a word that comes alive in each of us every day that we choose to practice, every day that we choose to embody unity. It is a word of significance, a quality we embrace. As we walk toward the Kanara and light the first candle, we say emoja, we feel unity. And remember the people. We honor and celebrate the spirit of African, African-American, and African diasporic people around and across the globe. We remember that all people are descended from African people and remember oneness. We remember the global family and community and stand together now in unity and active solidarity as witnesses to our shared humanity, knowing that we are here together in this very moment lighting this candle in spite of our most human moments because we are forgiveness and compassion, because we are grateful for all lessons, knowing that we are here at this moment as a symbol of unity. We are here to be free. Yes, yes. Good morning, heart and soul. Oh, I'm just giving thanks for 
our resident poets <laughs> for Sheila Smith and Damali Robertson. Oh, and for Valerie Joy Fidmont, who um, provided the um, music under just a beautiful piece that uh, came together. I am, I am, um, I'm trying to check in my mind to see whether I'm giving myself permission to do this, and I am. We are going to, uh, in a moment, light our candle for unity, and I'm going to dedicate it to Bishop Tutu, who made his transition today. Um, I'm very honored that several years ago I was on a retreat, um, a session in um, Bali, and he and his wife were there, and so we were together for a week as kind of up close and personal in a way that I never dreamed that I would have that level of, of access to an amazingly huge heart and consciousness. And so I say to y'all today, Habaragani. Oh, you're going to have to do a little better than that, heart and soul. Come on now. I know y'all at home were all about it, but the folks in here, they're a little slow. So you're gonna, I'm going to ask you to pause and just do it again on behalf of the ones in the room. Habaragani. Absolutely. And so we pause to light the candle in the room. We are grateful to our leadership circle who presented all of the principles for us and certainly uh, Iman, I'm sorry, for Makani, who is one of our board members, um, and for her delivering from her home our um, Kwanzaa celebration with all of the pieces. So, so very grateful for that. Um, I want to begin by saying a little more about Umoja because it is the foundational principle such that if you're not about Umoja, if you're not about the unity, if you're not about striving to maintain that in family and in community and in, in whatever broad, however broad a sense you can. So it is both the micro and the macro application. If we're not coming together in a foundational way, then everything else is at risk. There's, there's really no hope of defining ourselves uh, Kujichagolia and, and naming ourselves and creating for ourselves if we do not first have a sense of unity. Because, with, well, even our collective work and responsibility, Ujima, is at risk for not being real. Are y'all following? Y'all get this. And this gives us an opportunity to, to, I think, stop and think about what the risk is of operating outside of unity, outside of a sense of striving to maintain a sense of the collective. And what's important to the collective cannot be at odds with what's important for you. Now, that's not necessarily what everybody learned 
at the knee of those who taught them. And so it's not that we're all expecting folks to know what they don't know, but if you're here within the sound of my voice and if you have access to the Internet, I'm going to ask you to step up your game, to step up your awareness of how essential it is that everything else, so Nia, this notion of purpose, because the Nguza Samba is speaking of how we can be together. There is um, often when we, when we are looking at, at ancient sayings for indigenous people, for people who have who we know historically have been around forever. There are always those sayings, those things that are unique to every culture that speak to the collective. As Americans, we have that, quote, rugged individualism, which really translates to everybody for themselves. You know, if it works, if my, what works for me, if it happens to work for you, good but I'm not really taking care of the collective. I'm more interested in taking care of what works for me. And what works for the collective, be damned until I get mine, and then I might promise to share some of mine with you. But that's not enough. That's not enough. This notion of, of Umoja is, um, I, I wanted to make sure that I, that I covered kind of all of my basis, what I feel is important and essential in this, that it is both a principle and a practice. So sometimes we, we want to put the principle on the altar and then walk away. You know what I mean? You, you, you do all the things, and, and can I just do a shout-out to beautification? <laughs> can, because I saw part of, uh, you will see from time to time that there may be a slide that, or an image that is reflective of this. But when I saw that, I thought it was a stock photo. I, hadn't ev I had to look more closely to realize that it was literally our altar that we had. And so I'm so very grateful for the collective for the collaboration of us getting to this point. Yes, yes. So this notion where, where I was and what made me turn around to look is that, so, so we put the things on the altar and then we, we kind of have that moment of, okay, I got everything on the altar, and then we go on about our business. But this idea is really intended that we begin to adapt our behavior. That's what the practice is. You see, if you're already doing it, you don't need to practice. It's not called practice, it's called doing. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's both, actually, because when we're, we could say that it is simply my practice. But most often we're talking about practice in with the, in the context of I'm building toward this being the way I simply am. Does that make sense? So I'm not there yet, but I'm setting up my altar because it's there to remind me. I'm going to engage it. Y'all heard the spoken word. 
Y'all heard the song. You know that there's, there's all of this guidance, all of this that is these words, these ideas, these concepts, these principles that are intended to engage us in a way so that we transform the way our, we're living. And we begin to live in alignment with our vision for life. See, there's not a one of us who wouldn't agree unity. <laughs> oh, but there's not a one of us who hasn't violated it. Who hasn't lived and had their actions, their practice, be in opposition to unity. To do not what was the highest and best for the organization, for heart and soul, for example, for your family, for example, for where you work, for example, and instead chose that that would serve me best, that that would serve the individual. We have a lot to think about, I think, that this notion of a principled and harmonious togetherness. So it's not just a social togetherness. We're just going to be together, which is a good thing. But this ain't that. This is instead together in a certain way, together in a context, in a, in a, a, a sense of, in an experience of harmony and clear intentionality. That's what struck me about Bishop Tutu and his, the warmness of his spirit is that it was such a clear intention every day throughout the day. It was love and deep caring. So this idea of, of Umoja, I want to bring it to you with this sense of our, our practice being one of connection, of us understanding that umoja is about relationship. This is practicing with people. Yes, yeah, see, that's why, it's mo that's why it's difficult. That's why we have to stop and talk about it. Because if it didn't involve people and their peoply ways, we'd just all be in unity, wouldn't we? But the idea here is that we got to unify with people. And that's the challenge. Because we want to, I don't I didn't like what they said. And what, what, what the group is saying or what we've agreed to as a group means that I don't get everything I want. And often that's where we part company. And unfortunately, often without advance notice. So we don't leave the group. We just act individual in the group. Y'all didn't. See, I'm going to have to do a black preacher thing right here. Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> Yes. So we don't even have the, the courage, the integrity to say, I'm, I'm going to act outside the group right now. I'm going to act outside of our agreements, and I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to take care of me. But you hang out in the group like we, can, we think we can depend on you to be a part of the group. We think that you're in, can I say like Flynn? We, we think that you're really in down for the count. We think that we can count on you. But you've decided you're looking out for you 
and not the collective. I'm trying to say something. I'm, I, I really am because if it's about our character, isn't it? It's about developing our character in a way. And I'm not saying that we were all taught this. I'm not saying that this is what was impressed upon our consciousness because I don't know that to be true. But I'm saying that pretty much everybody in here has grown. There's an exception. So that, so that my, my consideration here is that even if you were not taught that, you can learn it now. Yes. So, so I recognize that sometimes it, that, that's our response, but, but nobody taught me that. And I'm like, okay, because I see you doing some other stuff that ain't nobody taught you. I'm just... You know, I, I just want to make sure this is clear, that, that that doesn't stop us. It's not like in the life of the one who would say that, that they're not doing anything that their parents and grandparents didn't teach them. I beg to differ. I see y'all. I see me. And they didn't teach me none of that. But I'm all about it. And so I'm just suggesting that we, we get over ourselves. And our excuse about from whence it came. And, we, and I think that that was, that, that was part of Karinga's intention around this is, is that we're coming from different viewpoints and different origins. And there isn't necessarily a commitment to unity. But we can establish one. There's not a place in the ceremony for everybody to tell their story about why they haven't been in unity so far. It's instead an opportunity for us to each affirm and declare our intention to do it in a different way. To have a greater consideration, a higher intention. Yes. You see, at its core, unity, umoja, is active solidarity. Maybe too, a little too heavy for some, but bottom line, it is. It brings us into a consciousness of actively engaging our intention. So it moves from an idea, from a thought, into an action, a practice. And the key is practice. But look, what, what I want to do today is probably what I do every day. Sunday and whenever I'm teaching, it just occurs to me that I don't think this is necessarily special, is I'm, I'm wanting to blend this principle of umoja, unity, with what we are typically studying anyhow, science of mind principles. And so Ernest Holmes says that the kingdom of God, of the living one, the strong one, is one kingdom. Now, everybody doesn't get this, so I'm going to pause for just a second. Everybody doesn't get this throughout the world. There are those who believe that the kingdom of God is for certain people, that they like more than one kingdom. <laughs> and some of y'all, you know, like some of y'all will get to go to that one, and <laughs> y'all going to be in a different one. And then depending, you know, there may be some others as well. 
So I've come today to say there's only one kingdom. I'm talking about Umoja here. I'm talking about unity. So there's only one kingdom. And he says, we know that true liberty must spring from true unity. This is why it's worth us pausing to talk about Umoja because our intention is freedom. Our intention is to liberate our spirit in a way where we are literally in touch with the all in all and the, the, the infinite possibility for our lives. But imagine if our awareness was not just the infinite possibility for, uh, that I have my awareness of the infinite possibility for my life, but I have an awareness of the infinite possibility of all life. For the living of the children and the elders, for all of us, people everywhere, that I was not as clear about the distinctions between them and me. We're talking umoja. And he's saying the only way we can get there to freedom and liberation is through true unity. You're not going to get yours for real unless you're seeing to it that we all get it. Okay, look at here. Ernest Holmes says we are bound into a supreme unity. See this? No, ain't no out. You didn't pick it. You didn't pick a special unity. We are all in this together. Come on, Al Jarreau, remind them. We're in this love together, all of us. I know you got your little love, and she got hers, and he got his, but we're all in this together. Yes. We're tied into an immutable law of irrevocable, irrevocable cause and effect. This thing is life, and it is unfolding divinely. Get in. Get actively in at the level of practice. Do you understand? Because there's no out. But you can just act like you don't know and behave in a way that has you feel like you're out. Oh, I don't even, I don't, okay. I'm trying. I just, I just, come on, look, look here. He says that cause and effect is something that happens as a result of the use of unity. See, when you understand what's at cause, how life gets to be the way it is, you're, you, you can become more adept at your application of it, of your practice of it, of your engagement of it. He says that we are one even while we are many. Umoja. And since each one of us is a part of the whole umoja, if we seek to destroy each other, look at here, because we act like we don't know this. This idea that what we do to one, we do. Because we really think we can particularize it. <coughs> I didn't holler it so much. <coughs> we operate at the mistaken belief that we can particularize it. That we can be, we can kill one person. And have that be, have that like not define us. Not be, you know what I mean? Like we can separate how we be 
But this whole notion, and what I just said is not about blame. It's not about blame and shame and guilt. It's about our awareness of who and how we are at any given time. And whether we see that what we do to the least of these is simply what we do. If we seek to destroy each other, we only ultimately hurt ourselves. Ernest Tone says that is the great lesson of life. And it's up to you how you get the lesson. You know what I mean? Some of, some, some of us are, are good classroom learners. And others, we, got to get, we have to experience it. We got to get in the lab and we got to be hit with the stick. You, you know, some you just tell them. If you get hit with the stick, it's going to hurt, or the fire's hot, and all of that. And they're like, okay, I got it. But you know who you are. You're going to have to put your hand over the flame. You're going to have to have the, the experience. You know, some of, some of y'all are some tough learners. But however you learn it, this is the great lesson of life. Look. Okay, I'm going to take you to the Science of Mind glossary because I want this to be a Martha and the Vandellas moment where there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I, I, so, so even though I've said it and you probably know, I'm going to say it from the glossary itself, an excerpt where Ernest Holmes is, is speaking to unity. He says, he's reminding us that there is no place where God is not. Now, that's the thing that we often just, that just spills right off our tongue, doesn't it? There's not a spot where God is not. We make a rhyme of it. We just poetic in it. And then living like that's not true. I'm just saying for all of our poetic sense of life, our living does not match our creativity. He says that all life is bound together by one common law of love. And love is the self-givingness of spirit, manifested in and through all that is visible and invisible. He says it was the realization of this one presence that illumined the saints and the sages of the past. So those that we often hold in, like, like the way that I'm holding Bishop Tutu, for example, this is what, was, what I saw as being true about him. Sometimes when we, when, we, when, we, when we look to the saints and the sages and those that we lift up as exemplary, as exemplars of, of, of these principles, we can take a moment and break it down. We can see what is that? What is it that illumines them? And it is their clear awareness. We see that they know. And you, in, in these instances, you can discern the difference between they said it and they know it. Without a lot of investment. You, you know, you don't, you don't have to have them write nothing for you. 
you can feel it in their presence. That's the light. That's the illumined aspect of their being. You can see that that truth is lighting their lives. It's like the engine of their being in a sense. He says, I and the Father, I got to say it my way, I and the Father be one. Because see, if you use the plural verb, then it's just like you don't believe it's one. So I and the Father be one. Oh, my planet, yes? The Father, the all in all divine source dwells in me. I am because it is. I am. I, my I amness is but a reflection of that. I am illuminating that. And that's what does the work. That divine source, the all in all, that that breathes me is doing the work. Now sometimes... Our work is to fight with it, to try to keep it from doing the full work. When we hold our breath, and but largely when we're living outside of our highest and best, our sense of unity and oneness. He says we must come to sense this marvelous presence, the living one, the strong one, divine source, for it is the secret of all metaphysical work. God in all and through all. When we get that, it changes everything. It's important for me to say to y'all, this is not a mountaintop teaching. I am all, I have all but self-combusted up here in flames with this top. <laughs> and I may need to just tune in on YouTube <laughs> so I can get the talk. You've, I don't know if y'all understand that, that I See, I allow God in me, through me, as me. And sometimes I have to double back to see what it did. What was it doing in there? Because there are so many times in my life where I don't get this, where I want to be in charge. There are way too many times that I'm like, yeah, 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 but I'm going to do it this way. Just. All I can hear right now, and, and you know a hard head makes for, a, <laughs> I just, in the most spiritual way, I'm sure that was an intended message for me, but, and it's, and it's, because I do know that. I know that in truth it has never worked for me as well as when I let go and listen and allow some of you remember years ago when I, you used to watch me fight with spirit in the pulpit because I was trying to do the talk that I had prepared. I brought notes and had slides and stuff. I was just, I got this. 
And Spirit was clearly saying, I didn't bring you here to do you. <laughs> I don't need you up here doing you. You were called so that you could deliver something beyond you. You've already done you. The idea now is to see if I can't do something more with who and how I am. If I can't expand, if I can't give the divine greater access. I'm going to close with this. Lord, I hope. Ernest Holmes says that spiritual power arises from a consciousness of our unity with the whole and an awareness of the direct responsiveness of spirit to us. See, I really think that that's, that that's often my challenge. Let me not, I was about to try to speak for y'all. Let me just roll it back and speak for me. That I think often my challenge is Oh boy, my tongue is so forked because what I what I say in my in my quiet moments of preparation and and deeper knowing is this is what I say to me is that I'm going to go with the one that brung me because I've never ever been left without. But then I get in the world and I act just like I'm going to be abandoned. If I don't fight for what I want, I act just like it's not going to cover me. But in my quiet moments, when I know what I know, when I'm one with the one, when I'm at the availability, when, I'm all, when I can't figure out where I stop and where it, where, when I'm there, I know that I've never once been abandoned. And that was the healing for me to speak whatever it gave me to speak is I was always afraid, like, but I don't know if I know that, and I don't know where it's going, and I don't know how it's going to end, and what will I do, because I'll just be left. And I, then I realized I've been speaking for decades, and I've never once been struck mute. Never once been left without. And it had shut me up plenty of times and just said, that's it. And I'm like, but that, that wasn't like a, you know, I, I know how to speak, and so I ought to be, I ought to add a little, and it's, mm-mm, you done. And I just have stood there like, is that how we go in this? And then I realized pretty much nothing to do for you to take your little stuff and just go. But it was through that practice, through that awareness that I, I got to a point, and yet, and yet, I don't want to pretend like in my living, I still don't doubt that maybe this is the time that I better f work out all the parts, that I, I'm responsible for getting this straight and getting this fixed. And it's not true. An awareness of the direct responsiveness of the Spirit to each and every one of us, without exception. There's nobody here, unless you just took your last breath. I mean, already. But if you just took another one, then this applies to you.
all of us without exception. Wow. Wow. So, look, Tammy Hall, one of our resident artists, wrote a song for us. And I just, in the song, part of the lyric says, we must hold each other up. We must stand together at all times. I give you Tammy Hall. Umoja is the word for unity. This whole wide world is our community. I am because we are. We must hold each other up. We must stand together at all times. Umoja is a word for unity. This whole wide world is our community. I am because we are. We must hold each other up. We must stand together at all times. Your joy is my joy. Your grief is my grief. Your good health is my good health. Your prosperity is my prosperity. Your success is my success. We must hold each other up. We must stand together at all times. Umoja is the word for unity. This whole wide world is our community. I am because we are. We must hold each other up. We must stand together at all times. Your joy is my joy. Your grief is my grief. Your good health is my good health. Your prosperity is my prosperity. And your success is my success. We must hold each other up. We must stand together at all times. Your joy is my joy. Your grief is my grief. Your good health is my good health. Your prosperity is my prosperity. Your success is my success. We must hold each other up. We must stand together at all times.
give thanks. Oh, Mother, Father, living one, strong one, divine source, Allah, Jehovah, by any name, by all names, it's the nature, the nature of the divine that holds all that I know is breathing me right now. And that I am breathing the breath of the living one, the strong one, that this is true for each and every one of us. None of us is breathing ourselves. And none of us is breathing another. We are breathing the breath of divine source. The very source of our lives. So even as I remember this, even as I state this truth, it permeates my awareness that why am I tripping about anything? Life, divine life, the all in all is breathing me. Why am I tripping about what could happen next? What happened before? What's going to happen later? I can know that on some level it's all in divine order. It's all by right of consciousness. And so that lets me know that right where I am, I can choose again. <coughs> that right where I am, I can know something more. I can choose something higher. I can embrace a more unifying outcome way of being, choice, because it all unfolds by right of consciousness. And what I can do is shift that, because consciousness is, is my awareness. It's what I am aligning with. And so I can shift this day and declare umoja, declare my oneness, my divine connectivity. I am the Father, the living one, the strong one. Be one in all things, at all times, under all circumstances. My health and well-being is directly connected to my awareness, my consciousness. <coughs> Pardon me, of the all in all of the living one. And when I make that connection, when I realize that from top to bottom and side to side, that in and throughout, I am blessed. Blessed beyond human measure. When I realize that, my living is different. My speaking, my loving, my life is transformed. And what is true for me is simply true. It's true for all of us that as we make the choice to be in unity, to have a sense of 
of oneness that our body then comes into alignment, the body of our affairs. So my physical body, my health and well-being shifts to align itself with the greater truth. My relationships shift to align themselves with the greater truth. My prosperity, my sense of prosperity and an abundance of all things good shifts. It has to. As I expand my thinking, my feeling, my loving, my being, it all shifts in perfect alignment with my new awareness, my new truth. It is truly done unto me, unto all of us, as we truly believe. And so I rejoice. I rejoice in knowing that this day, each and every one of us can make a new choice can choose again, can begin again, can know beyond all knowingness that's right where we are, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine, the living one, the strong one, divine source is. So it is an absolute gratitude and thanksgiving in divine appreciation for this awareness and for the way that it is active in my life and in the life of all humanity. I give thanks. And then I deliver this word, this truth, into the perfect activity of law. And I know that the law is love. It's the love of the divine. And I know that it's not possible for it to return void. That this must be produced. It already is. This word is simply illuminating it in a way that we get to see it. And so seeing it, we let it be. We seal it by saying, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Love matters.